a scripture the Lord placed on my heart recently, and um, it's been a portion of scripture that I've received and applied to myself, and I've kept it in the back of my mind for many, many years, but I've actually never shared it, and I shared it with my church a couple weeks ago, and as I sought God this week, uh, this is the, the word that, that came to me uh, for this church, again, not knowing that you were teaching about fire, I just, I thank God that I was able to listen to what God was speaking to me. And I pray that this message would cause you to inspect the progress of God's work in you and your work for God. And I want that to be clear this morning. There's two aspects of that work. God's work in us and our work for God. And those people who like to use the grace of God, and I believe it's a blasphemy against God's grace to say, God's grace will take care of it. You don't need to do anything. God will take care of it himself. That's such, such a, a, a discrepancy from what we see in Scripture. We don't take God's grace in vain. Amen? But God's grace allows us to do so much in him. That those people who dismiss the power of the believer and the determination of the believer are doing themselves and the body of Christ a disservice. Do you know that proverb says that diligence is man's precious possession? That's yours. What you do with it, what I do with it, will determine much in our walk with God. But again, I want you to remember there's a work of God in you and a work that you have for Christ. And I want to start this morning uh, with Jesus' own words for every believer. So if you're here today and you believe, this scripture is for you. It's for us. John chapter 15, verse 16. Jesus says this. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. This morning, I'm going to speak on two-thirds of the that's that Jesus spoke about. That you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. But before I do, I want to point some things out. Number one, you have been chosen. How many of you thank God for that? God has chosen you. God selected you. He could have chosen anyone, but he chose you. If you are here today and you believe, you believe because Jesus chose you to believe. I believe in predestination. Not in the perverted one that's spoken in many churches today. I believe he's chosen you. And in his choosing you, there's a great portion, a great deal of our lives that's open And in that openness, you and I determine what we do with that gift of salvation. Not God, you and I. But yet God has chosen you. I don't know about you, but I've realized this. I realized this many years ago. Sometimes I've asked God, God, did you know what you were doing when you chose me? Did you understand the undertaking that I would be for you? Have you ever said that or thought about that? Why me? Number two, he's appointed you. Notice he says, I chose you and I what? I appointed you. 
Not only have you been chosen, you've been appointed. You know, they were talking about the ladies earlier today. Ladies have this gift or curse, however you... To go shopping and choose something and never appoint it. What I mean is you buy it and you don't wear it. Am I right, ladies? And then you say, I have nothing to wear. My wife tells me, I'm like, what? I'm regulated to a quarter of my closet and my wife has nothing to wear. She's chosen something, but she has yet to appoint it. Guys, this is where you don't say anything. You just look at me. This is for your own good. I'm taking the fall. I'm taking the fall here. Where you make a selection, but you have not found an occasion or an engagement to appoint said selection. But Jesus has not only chosen you, he's appointed you. That, mean he, that means he chose you and he has something for you. You've been ordained and established with a purpose. What purpose is that? Well, this scripture gives us good insight into one of those purposes. I have chosen you and I have appointed you that you do what? That you bear fruit. You've been chosen and ordained so that your belief in Christ would produce something. This life with Christ does demand results. If you believe then something will happen. Fruit is that your faith in God produce results. Fruit is that your convictions be effective. What good is it to have convictions and be, and be of no effect? In other words, I believe something, but I can never carry out that belief. Then you don't believe. Because if you believed you would carry out those beliefs. One definition for fruit, and I want you just to keep that in your back pocket, is work. I've chosen you and I've appointed you so that you would be productive, so that you would work. So are we done here? Chosen and appointed to bear fruit? Is that it? No, there's one, one other aspect of it. I chose you, I appointed you so that you would bear fruit and that your fruit would what? Remain. Listen, I'm not very smart when it comes down to our agriculture, but every fruit that I know has an expiration date. Right? Fruit will eventually rot. The fruit of our lives is not just any other fruit. The fruit of our lives is to be shown to God and that fruit is supposed to what? To remain. I believe that what we produce in this life will not only be effective for us in this life, but it will speak volumes of our convictions in eternity. You've been called, you've been chosen, you've been ordained so that your fruit, so that your work, remember that other definition of fruit? So that your work would remain. You see, part of God's divine plan for you is not only to produce, but to produce something that will last. To build something that will pass not only the test of time, but the test of God. I've realized this in my life, and I'm sure you have as well, that many tests come from God. 
I believe in spiritual warfare, but can I be honest with you today? Too many people believe that all the tests in their life are focused on the devil. Last time I checked, we belong to God. And if we belong to God, everything that happens to us happens and God knows about it. So many times we're too busy rebuking the devil and not trying to figure out what God is trying to do through this test. There's people that waste too many time on the enemy. The enemy's the enemy. He's the adversary. Don't get me wrong. And time and effort should be dedicated to the one who seeks to kill, steal, and destroy everything. But there's people that anytime something goes wrong in their life, they're blaming the devil. The power goes out. I rebuke you, Satan. If you paid for the bill, you wouldn't lose your power and you're rebuking the devil. Right? Just a little, little, little idea of what. Any little thing. I said, devil. I said, may not be the devil. Maybe God testing us. Testing our fruit. Testing our work. Because the product of our walk in Christ is our work. What I want you to know today is that our choices, our decisions, our actions, our sacrifices, our victories, and even our shortcomings, they're all part of what we're building with our life. If you've never seen yourself as a builder or your life as a building project, I'm sure that today's message will give you a greater appreciation of what it means to be a Christian. 1 Corinthians chapter, 3, chapter 3, I'm sorry. We're going to read verses 10 through 15. That's where the focus is going to be on this morning. Paul says, According to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. Listen to what Paul's here. Paul says here. But let each one take heed how what? How he builds on it. You're a builder. And I'm sure there's people here who are very handy. Anybody here handy? A MacGyver, if you would. I'm not. My wife does not allow me to touch anything that has to do with construction or remodeling in my house. I'm lucky I get to paint my own house. I don't choose the colors. My wife does. I just paint. But I am not handy at all. I remember being in Connecticut and we, we purchased a home. It was a, it was a foreclosure and we were purchasing it from the bank. And, you know, we had, we had just started a church there and we, we had enough money to go ahead and, and buy a home. And... Uh, the person who represented the bank says, you might want to get an inspector out here at the house to make sure it's, it's sound. I said, no, no, that's all right. I'm going to buy it anyways. And when we got into the house, we realized all the things that that house needed, and it literally cost so much, it's not even funny. But I thought I could do some of the repairs myself and, you know, save some money. Um, there was other stuff that I couldn't do, and, and, and I didn't even attempt but I ended up going to the emergency room. 
I had to get a tetanus shot. I, I, I drove a, a, a nail and, and up my, through my shoe and in my foot. That was one of the few things that happened there. I, you know that saying, misery loves company? I called another person to come and help me. He ended up getting, I think it was 20-some stitches on his leg. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Uh, but one time, I actually had somebody come over to do the drywall, and, and they did some work in the basement. And uh, when I was looking around, I had this friend of mine with me who was helping me, and I saw that the, the ceiling was, the fresh drywall was, wasn't exactly straight. So I thought to myself, screws make the drywall straight on the ceiling. So I saw where it was bent. I put a screw on there. And when, I drew, and when I drove the screw in, the moment it went in, I hear, and water starts coming down onto the roof, from the roof onto the floor. It's just a little example of things that, that happened to me. In Ohio, we also bought a house. We needed some work, and I had an electrician come in and do some work. And then I thought, how hard is it to run electric wire? And I connected... <laughs> I connected a wire because my wife wanted a light. So if my wife wanted more light, you know, I have to go ahead and run another light. So I connected a wire to it. I ran the light. And when I went to, you know, I just press it in, push it inside, and it'll stay inside the box. And when I did that, the little, uh, I don't even know what they're called, the little thing you twist, you know what it is, right? The yellow, orange thing. It came loose, and when, it, when I pushed it in, this blue light of electric, uh, I guess contact came right at me. I was on a ladder six feet and I felt straight on my feet. I thought I was going to die. The gentleman who did the electric work in my house came over and he says, listen, I'm going to fix this. He says, I'm asking you, please don't touch another thing in your house. That was 13 years ago and I've never touched an electric wire or a pipe for plumbing again. And that is why all I could do is paint. But there's many people, many believers, who don't see themselves as builders. Who think that all this is just God and, and the working of God in your life. That's the majority of it. Don't get me wrong, but that's not my message this morning. There's an aspect of God's work, which is God working in us. But you can't deny what Paul is saying here. But let each one of you take heed how you build on it. I'm not excluding God, and for those of you who know me know that that's not my goal here. I'm not leaving God out of the picture. We'd be lost if it wasn't for God. But so many times we're waiting for God and waiting for God. And we don't understand that God has chosen us. He's appointed us, and he's appointed us to work so that work would remain. There's an aspect of our spirituality, of our spiritual maturity, that God's going to leave alone. And it's up to you and me to build on it. And Paul says this, I'm a master builder. Someone's going to build on what I've built. That's the work of the pastor, the work of each other. People are going to build on your life. But don't you forget that there's an aspect of our lives that falls squarely on our shoulders. And Paul says, let each one of you take heed how he builds on it. So the warning is clear. Be careful 
how we build on the foundation. Don't with verse 10. Do we go on to verse 11? All right. Verse 11. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. This is obvious. The foundation is Jesus. That foundation is sure. That foundation has been approved. That foundation does not change. If we remove Jesus from the equation, the foundation is faulty. It's a reject. It's no good. It won't hold that which you try to build. That's why the church, our foundation, our message, our focus has to be Jesus. It can be each other. It can be the lost. Our passion, our focus has to be who? Jesus. Anyone who does not build on that foundation, which is Jesus, is automatically rejected. No other foundation is acceptable for entry into heaven. Can you imagine going to a church and they don't preach Jesus? It's a social gathering. It's a group of people who know the world doesn't have anything to offer them. But they're not quite committed to this Jesus fellow. They may be popular. They may grow. But if Jesus is not the foundation, we're building for nothing. Verse 12. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, with silver, with precious stones, with wood, with hay, and with straw. I want to stop and talk a little bit about the scripture because this is the portion that God has just recently shown me. Javi, be careful how you build. Paul mentioned six materials. By the way, is there a contractor here, a general contractor, or a handyman? There we are, back there. Materials matter, right? You could have a good worker. But if the materials are not good, the job is eventually going to show that the materials were not up to par. I'm not a builder and I know that. These six materials that Paul mentions, listen to this. All materials, those six materials, are usable and suitable for building. But Paul divides them into two groups. Three are costly and tempered materials. The gold, the silver, and the precious stones. That's the first group. The second group now is of lesser value and quality. The wood, the hay, and the straw. Now listen, nobody likes a tiki hut more than me. We live in Florida. We see them all the time, don't we? They're beautiful. And they have their purpose. But you can't compare gold, silver, and precious stones to wood, hay, or straw, can't you? I'll go back to the scripture. Verse 13. Each one's work will become clear. There's a certainty here. You don't have to raise your hands. But I know I'm guilty of this at one time or another in my life, of cutting corners. Especially when it's something I'm supposed to do and not something I want to do. The Bible says that everyone's work will become clear. Listen, there's times I've cut corners and I fooled my wife. I have. I hope she's not with me in eternity when all things become clear. 
at that moment. Get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I want her to be in eternity. You get it, right? But not right there when God reveals the areas that I cut corners. Each one's work will become clear. Remember that. Listen, and I haven't been there yet. This hasn't happened to me. But I believe that we walk and we serve and we live in this life together, don't we? Sometimes we get this misconception of how spiritual people are and we try to compare ourselves to others, with the, which the Bible says that's foolishness. But I think that in that moment when everything is made clear, you're going to see the areas that I cut my corners and I'm going to see the areas where you cut your corners. You know that, those times we gave new life our all? At least that's what people think. That only happens at the way, not at new life. So let, let me just keep going. For the day will declare it. Because it, what is it? The work will be revealed by what? By fire. That's where the title comes in. Revealed by fire. There will be a day when your work will be revealed by fire. And that fire will test some people's work, each person's work, of what sort it is. The day will come when God himself will test our fruit, where God will test our work, where God will test our results. And what I want you to know is, it may not be here. There's going to be a portion of your work that will not be tested here on earth. There's going to be a portion of our work that God says, just go ahead and build. Because there's going to be a day where I come to inspect you. Are you with me so far? I know you are because you're going to this one. It's like, I know, Pastor Hollis. I know. There will be a day when he will test what we have built through the time span of our walk with him. Verse 14. If anyone's work which he has built on that foundation endures, he will receive a reward. By the way, I don't, know if, I don't think I've mentioned this thus far, but this day is not for unbelievers. This is a day for believers. This is a judgment or a testing of rewards. This is not a life or death situation. This is the judgment seat of Christ. It's not the great white throne. So this should not be a message where you say, oh my God, I'm going to hell. You're not going to hell. If not, you wouldn't be here. But just because we're going to heaven doesn't mean that God won't test us. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burnt, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet as through what? Through fire. So, there is a portion of our eternal reward, right? That is dependent on the lasting quality of our work here on earth. There is a portion of our eternal reward that is dependent on what we have built throughout the entirety of our Christian walk. A portion of it. 
But I believe that portion is great because A, it mentions it in scripture, and B, God is behind it. Listen, there are going to be people who were what? Chosen and appointed, right? Remember what Jesus said? I have chosen you. I have appointed you so that you would bear fruit and that that fruit would remain. There will be a portion of people who are chosen and appointed to bear fruit, who did bear fruit. But due to the way they chose to live, due to the way they chose to work, due to the way they chose to build, their fruit didn't what? It didn't remain. Think about that group of people for a second who were chosen, who were appointed, who worked. When they offered up that work to God, it was burnt up and they suffered loss. Looking at those two scriptures or looking at those scriptures, I have two valid questions and I'm going to share them with you today. Number one. Why would God allow us to build with materials of lesser quality? Why not just say, your options are gold, silver, and precious stones? No. The options are gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw. There's a group of costly materials. There's a group of lesser quality. My next question, why would God allow someone's work to be consumed? Think about that. Lord, why not stop me along the way, right? I'm going to answer those questions with another question. How many times has anybody here done anything half-heartedly? Did we not hear the Holy Spirit say, don't do that? That's not a wise choice. How many times have we not given our absolute best to God? How many times have we chosen to avoid an issue? Because that issue makes us feel uncomfortable. Because that issue stirs up feelings and emotions that lead to more tension. How many times have we just kept on building because we don't want to make things harder? When that happens, you know what we've chosen? Wood, hay, and straw. The fact that God allows it doesn't mean that God approves it. Don't make the mistake that if God hasn't come down from heaven and stopped you, that he's okay with it. Anybody here do traveling? Where's the young lady? You do a lot of traveling. You do more traveling than me. I believe that this day in eternity is going to be like the checkpoint at the TSA counter. I, so do I. But we still have to put our suitcase in the, right? We don't have to take off our belt or our shoes. We're cool like that, right? But the suitcase has to go through the scanner. I believe that eternity is going to be like that. Where you bring your work before the Lord and you place it on the belt. And once you place it on the belt, that belt, go, that, that belt takes your suitcase through the scanner. And it, 
in that little television screen, they see everything that's in there. If you packed a blade, if you, if you packed a weapon, there's no chance there to say, oh, wait. Right? It just goes through that scanner. And you can't do anything about it. You just have to wait on the other side and wait for your suitcase to pass through. In eternity, our work will be judged like that. Where we bring it before the, the, the master of all. The almighty God. And he says, there's your work. Let's test it now. Let's see if it's gold, silver, or precious stones. Or if it's wood, hay, or straw. And it will pass through God's testing. That fire. And whatever is left when it comes out. That's all we got to present to God. That's all that has what? Remained. You notice to serve God for years, the things you've had to say no to? Am I speaking to the right people? There's times my flesh wants all in, and my spirit says, Javi, don't be an idiot. Right? To have suffered and gone through all that, and then build with wood, hay, and straw, and think that I've erected a building, let's say, of 10 stories of great work to God and get a foundation back? And the foundation is Jesus. It's crazy that people will choose to build with materials, with choices, with actions, with attitudes, with intentions that are going to be consumed in that day. All for nothing. I don't want to suffer loss on that day. Granted, my eternal state is secured, right? I'm not talking about heaven or hell. I'm going to be with the Lord forever. But that portion of my reward to build my life's work and receive nothing for it? God has better things concerning us. Amen? I don't, want to be God, I don't want God to be okay with my life. I don't want God to be okay with my life's work. I want God to approve my life. I want God to approve my life's work. Too many Christians are shooting for okay. Don't make that mistake. In your worship, in your service to God, in your giving, don't shoot for okay. How are you doing? Okay. Yeah. We, think that's, we think that's okay. I almost said it. We think that's good. Do you know what the definition of okay is? Adequate, but unexceptional. I don't want my life to be adequate. I don't want my life to be unexceptional. The price that was paid for you and I was exceptional. Eternity gave its best for us. How dare I shoot for okay with God? Notice how I did that. I made that about me, not you. My wife would be proud. But that's not me. How dare you shoot for okay? How dare we shoot for adequate? 
I want our lives, what we do together as a community of churches, that is the Christian Life Mission, that we consistently be exceptional. Pastor Rigo used a word there that makes my spirit jump. Great. He said that as he was standing here. That this small group, that this small church would be great. You know, that's what I want for our church as well. That's what I want for our council. That we be great. You know what great means? To consistently do the exceptional. That's what great is. If we're going to be great, we can't build with materials that are not going to stand the test of God. I want you to perform an inspection today. What materials have you chosen in your life? What are you choosing in your spiritual walk? What are you choosing for your marriage? What are you choosing in raising your children? What are you choosing as you serve and honor God in the body of Christ? Are you currently working with those materials? Because I could choose gold, silver, and precious stones and yet work with wood, hay, and straw. Why? Because they're easier. Are you scavenging by to find your materials? Because wood, hay, and straw, for the most part, they're evident with the eye, right? They're more accessible. They're more common. Are you scavenging by or are you putting in the work to ensure lasting blessing for yourself, for your spouse, for your children, for your church? As I get ready to close, you hear some thoughts regarding the importance of choosing the right materials. Number one, God tests. The same test will consume wood, hay, and straw. That same test, right? It says, and he will test them. And they will be revealed by fire. That same fire that consumes wood, hay, and straw, right? That same fire makes gold, uh, silver, and precious stones refined. The same fire that destroys one refines and beautifies the other. The lesser quality is consumed and those of greater quality shine forth. Can I, can I be real honest today? This is why our eyes need to be focused on the Lord. Because I tell you what, people will come and go. And I'm all for missing people and all this stuff, but if those people can't stand the fire, the reality is they were just of lesser quality in the faith. There are people that I love who made stupid decisions and then not turn back from those stupid decisions. Do you think I'm going to waste my time on them? I will, I will certainly not. They became that which they were building with, materials of lesser quality. The acquisition of materials of higher quality... They require determination. Why? Because they're not easily found. And they must be refined. They require skill and precision or they will be ruined. Pretty much anybody can take a piece of wood and make it look like you want it to look, right? 
Try taking a precious stone and doing it. You'd be scared to mess it up, wouldn't you? Imagine, a lady, somebody gave you a, 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 a diamond that weighs one pound. How careful would you be with that? The lady that just got engaged, she just said, whoa. You'd love to just walk around with a ring like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> How careful would you be with the things of high quality? Again, it's an example of people in their walk with Christ. People that don't care, they're not building with materials of high, of high quality. People that don't care for the things of the Lord, people that don't care for the church. There are people who are accustomed to building with materials of lesser quality. That's not for you. That's not for us. The materials of lesser value are easier to find. They are easier to prepare and easier to work with. Notice that the materials that will not pass God's test are all easier to come by. Do you find a pattern here? As tempting as it is, don't look for easy. Easy is not the answer. Your flesh will always choose easy. Always. Stand with me this morning. I have another definition. That definition is easy. This word okay, easy, those are all things we're just accustomed to. Things that we've adopted not only into our vocabulary, but into our way of life. By the way, thank you for taking care of the sound up here. Spectacular. I only have to hear myself once, not twice. This is what easy means. Not hard. But pastor, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with not wanting hard? Requiring no great labor. By the way, when I give these definitions, don't think of our lives and the choices we make. I want you to consider Jesus. I want you to consider the cross. I want you to consider the sacrifice that was given for you and me. Let's not look at each other and say, oh, I'd like it easy. So-and-so's life looks to be easy. I want that life. Don't look at each other. Let's not look at each other. Another definition, free from pain and discomfort. I mean, let's, let's be totally honest with you. Who wouldn't want a life free of pain and discomfort? That's not the life we've said yes to when we came to Christ. Jesus said, carry your cross days. Paul said, I've learned what it is to be like Christ because I die daily. Self-denial, righteousness, holiness, sanctification, consecration, there's nothing easy about that. And if you think it's easy, you're doing it wrong. You're building wrong. Not burdensome. Not difficult to overcome. Easy will not produce a work that remains. Many of the things that hold real and lasting value are not always appealing to the eyes. If your life is difficult right now, but you can't even find a reason to testify and give glory to God, don't stop. Keep building. Keep building. Don't stop. Because many things that are valuable initially are not appealing to the eyes.
their real value is not always obvious. Listen, the Word of God is filled with so many rich mysteries that I, I in, in the years now, uh, 19 years of ministry, got saved when I was 15. Now I'm, now I'm starting, starting to understand them. Some people did it a long time ago. They're just brighter than I. You know that scripture in the Bible that says, give greater importance to the less honorable parts of the body. I believe that there are people who serve, who love God, who work in the church, that we don't give them much importance. But when we get to eternity, whatever it is they built is going to pass through the fire. And after that fire, it's going to look even better. Then there's going to be people who desire position, who desire pulpit, who desire recognition. And everybody thinks they've just built an empire. And when that fire comes, it goes, Whoosh! And all you see is a foundation. They're saved. They're not going to hell. But their life's work was consumed. Don't be fooled with what you see with your eyes. Can, can, I, can I have an amen here? Don't be fooled with what initially you see with your eyes. Can I have that, that pickup? I, I mean, look at that. Maybe you're here and they say, Pastor, that looks like my life right now. It's just nasty blob of darkness. Next one. That one looks a little better, right? But still, I mean, look at this. I just don't know what to do with my life. Just, I just feel like a rock sometimes. You know, I'm just there. Maybe all I'm good for is to be a paperweight in the body of Christ. Last one. Hey, that one's, that one's got a little shine to it, right? But those three items, really, how appealing are they at first glance? I don't think any one of us would aspire to be that. But you see, we'll go to the first one. That, after it passes the fire of God, becomes Now who wouldn't want to be that? Who, I mean, come on. How about the next one? That becomes that. And finally, that becomes that. They were always that. But they had to be worked. They had to be refined. Three of those items were under all that which was not appealing to the eye. They were there. That's the beauty of these things. They're there. They're there. They just need to be worked. The time and the effort need to be put in. The skill, the know-how needs to be used to bring that out. Not to make that. You see, God made that. God made that. He's just looking for people who are not going to look for the easy way out. He's looking for skilled people who will say, 
I will pay the price and all the work in my life all that goes into my life I choose this day to not choose easy listen come against okay for your life for your marriage for your family for your church come against that and choose to build with materials that will pass that will stand the test of God amen can we pray today because I need prayer anybody else here today listen if you're here today and you've never seen yourself as a builder wake up don't pass through life with a foundation and that's it build bear fruit because you were chosen for that you were appointed to bear fruit and that your fruit would remain but don't choose easy listen if you're building and you've chosen easy stop stop today tear it down and start over it's better to build something that lasts than to enter in, into eternity thinking that you've constructed a masterpiece for God and in a second you suffer loss don't suffer loss don't suffer loss up there because listen the moment my life ends here and begins in eternity I want loss to be over I want to enjoy my reward I want to enjoy God's presence I want to enjoy everything that God has for me I don't want to enter into eternity and immediately suffer loss Reject easy and reject okay. Amen? Father God, in the name of Jesus, we stand humbly before you, O oh God. Thank you for the wisdom in your word. The warnings that we see through Scripture. every man, woman, and young person in this sanctuary. That they would take heed how they build. I pray, my God, that materials of lesser quality and lesser value would be thrown away. That right now, your Holy Spirit would identify easy that it would identify okay I pray for every person here who has been aspiring for adequate and unexceptional I pray for those that have been just desiring to get by Lord you know their struggles and in no way oh God has this message implicated a dismissal of those struggles and hardships but of this I am certain that every one of us standing here today have a decision to make and that decision will determine how we build it will determine the fruit of our lives it will determine the results of our faith and reliance upon you so this day
Help us to choose wisely. Wisely. And when we choose wisely, that we be determined in sticking with the plan. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for everyone's work here, for their life, their results. I pray that it would remain. That it would have not only the longevity of this life, but that when it passed from this life to eternity and passes through your fire, I pray that they would suffer no loss I pray that you would give them skill. I pray that you would give them determination. I pray that you would give them patience, long-suffering, to see it through to the end. Because there is no doubt that this life in you and the materials of high quality that we choose to build our lives upon and our relationships upon will all be worth it. We believe it. We declare it. And we thank you through the name of Jesus. And together we say, Amen.